Hello and welcome to the Thursday show here on the Frontline Gaming Network. Brand new year. My name is Paul Murphy, your host. Adam is away doing some fun stuff. We'll talk about that a little bit as we get going in the episode. But I'm joined by Dustin Henshaw. Dustin, happy new year. Happy new year, you, and happy new year, everybody else here. Welcome to the Thursday show. I'm excited to be here again in this 2023. Yep, pretty sticky in the background here. We got uh, people that contribute to the show also in the background. I uh, got the chat firing off. Look, if you're listening to us after the fact, this is a live show we do each and every Thursday. I apologize for us not being live <laughs> last week. We're never going to let it happen again. Nope. <laughs> Production is good. Some choice words there in the background, but hey, you know, no holidays here on the Warhammer Forty Thousand Meta. Uh, you know, again, a live show. We talk about uh, where what's coming up, the biggest and best tournaments over the course of the weekend. We're getting close to the LVO that re- you know explains you know a little bit about the show and what's going on right now. Maybe some things you see and things you don't see here or whatever. <laughs> but if you are joining us after the fact on the podcast aggregators, know that we do this live. Um, we got a great community of chat folks. Some folks are already telling us what they got going on. Time to paint some ad mech. Uh, nice. saying hyped up for to see how some flash gets dominate the meta. Um, yeah. There's a whole lot of stuff uh, we could be talking about. We're going to be talking about three big tournaments coming up over the course of this weekend. But before we do that, I want to give a special shout out to some folks in Sweden. They're in Boa, Sweden. Uh, the the Goatberg Grudge Battle. This is a battle they do each and every year. Six teams, six different clubs come together uh, at the beginning of every year for a 1750 event where they slug it out to see which is going to be the best club in Sweden. And I love that. That's amazing. I I love when any any kind of community anywhere does this. Like, I feel like every community should have this kind of grudge battle every every three months, like every quarter. They should do that. I think this is a great way to bring the community together. Just get some of the top players and some of the fluffy players and just like getting together to play this game. I think it's a great way to get the community rolling in your local area. It's awesome. You know, something people can look forward to. That, look, mm-hmm. what are the stakes on the line? You know, very little, but how yeah, much exactly. fun? <laughs> Extremely high. You know, all, of the fun. all the fun is to be had. <laughs> Uh, love it. If there's any other things like that happening out there in the world, if you have, you know, some friendly rivalries with a with a with a neighboring club or whatever, uh, please let us know. I've had the same thing. We used to actually back in the day had club battles. I mean, and I say back in the day, I'm talking eons ago, you know, now in the end. But uh there was a club, you know, two counties over that we would uh, had a friendly rivalry with, always uh competing with with hobby and, and battle and that kind of stuff. And anyway, it's all it's fun to see that kind of thing happen on nice. in, in other communities. Again, it reminds yeah. us of how similar we are. Exactly. No matter where we are playing in the world. We have uh, our full Ontario League, the entire province gets together for a league, and then we have for every division, like a couple cities get together that are close enough that they can get together for their games, and then at the end of the season we get all the winners together for Big G T and find out who's the best in the province. Like every every like twice a year, basically. Uh, on the screen now, we got uh, Where in the World is Joe War Games Live? Puts on a great uh, show of streaming tournaments, like giving you, bringing you content. Some of the top players, uh, top tables, you know, sometimes cool matches. Uh, check him out if you haven't already. It looks like he's going to be in the Topeka Open, the 40K uh, Grand Tournament. Familiarize yourself with his content. It is awesome. You should check him out. Do yourself a favor. If you got something to do, you're doing some hobby in this weekend, you know? put on some 40k in the background you gotta listen to us you gotta watch joe you gotta listen to some of the other stuff that we do stutter scrub ftn all the other shows in the frontline gaming network you guys are yeah. spoiled nowadays with all the great content you have out there <laughs> when you're doing 40k like it's amazing i remember in my day we had maybe four shows at best but three of them didn't know what they're talking about <laughs> 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 well, that's part of the fun too. Exactly, I, mean, I love. You definitely want to argue, you know, argue and talk back to the folks that are on the on the radio. Oh, of course, 
That's, that's, that's half the fun, like you said. <laughs> uh, as I mentioned, this is on the Frontline Gaming Network, and there are uh, lots of other shows uh, to check out. If you, uh, I've only listened to this one, only heard of this one. Check out some of the other stuff. They, they put out content four or five days a week. It's good stuff. There'll be links. Check it out. Uh, anyway, let's get into the media show. I've, I've kind of droned on a little bit too much. We're going to be talking about the first one we're going to talk about is the Glass City GT in Toledo, Ohio. Seventy-two players, five-round event. I believe this is a a storied uh, and venerable event. This is not their first time they've they've done this. <laughs> do you do you have a story behind it? Do you know the story? Oh no, I just know that it's gone on for a long time. And it's a, it's, a, it's a very competitive region and stuff. And so if you're new, just joining us to the show, we normally we're gonna run down the 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 factions that are gonna be represented there from the players that are in attendance, and then we'll talk about some of the uh top players in the ITC or just some fun lists that we picked out uh towards the, the end of, of this particular segment here. And why it's important talking about some of the top players of the ITC is that ITC season is coming to a close, gonna be like, you know, people going to be slugging it out for not only top of the charts but also top in their faction uh mm-hmm. for the itc season going to be rounding it out at the lvo so you know again very important a lot of players we might see some players playing some things that maybe we thought that they had uh you know put aside you know they might see some interesting meta choices going to be see, curious to see how that factors in to what is present at the tournaments that we have highlighted here but dustin tell us what we're going to see there yeah, absolutely. So we are going to be seeing in the Imperial Spirit Faction. There are zero Sisters of Battle. I had to call that out specifically because that's actually kind of crazy. Two Custodes, four Astro Militarum, two Great Knights, and two Imperial Knights. Space Springs, just one Dark Angel, four Space Wolves, one Salamander, one Black Templar, two Iron Hands. Chaos, there's three Chaos Space Springs, which is one Black Legion, and two I... What is that? IWL? What the heck did you put, Adam? What is IW? <laughs> Chat. Iron, Iron Warriors. Warriors. Thank that's you. one Black Legion and two Iron Warriors. What, like, I, that's why I wouldn't have known it. Because how many people play Iron Warriors? Like, I uh, look. Hey, you know, I, I will to bet a lot more now. Soon. Yeah, so, more and now. I do want to point out that this is like we know there's been a lot of changes and things announced over the last couple of days, and there's going to be things coming into effect later. Those are not going to be present in the events that we're talking about. So, right. understand that we are describing uh, what is you know a snapshot in time of what is happening this weekend and maybe maybe what you'll see kind of lean towards the lvo depending on how they land with what they allow for that uh but this is this is not reflective of the news so it actually is kind of interesting to see two iron warriors come out of nowhere yeah that's that's actually kind of cool like you said like i think it actually will start going that way with uh the change we have seen so makes sense for people to start trying them out now get used to them anyway back to the chaos of perfection there's two two suns two death guard nine demons and two renegade knights xenos there's two necrons three orcs eight tau and nine votan whoa votan coming out of nowhere now oh votan hobby hobby lag has been hobby lag yeah it's eliminated now all of them are out there all these squats are i'm sorry votan no there's are squats the People finally got well, they got their two Sagittars. People I know people have been holding on to one, waiting on that second one. I wonder about this. The, they have the product is shaken out, or they borrowed. Uh, mm-hmm. I got the appropriate number of berserkers, or uh, you know, take advantage of all you know all those pioneers and stuff. There, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I, I'm curious to see how they uh, shake out now too. Hive mind. There's four Tyranids. Oh, where are you, GSC players? Come on, guys. Come on. They're, they're gonna start showing up soon. Okay. <laughs> they should. Eldari, there's one Harlequin, three Suryani, and two Yanari, which means that the faction podium is Votan and Demons topping it off with a tie at nine, Tau in second with eight, and then Space Wolves guard 
and nids in third with four each. And then the rest of it's kind of an even spread, a couple threes, a couple twos. That's uh, that's actually a cool spread. The Votan and Demons topping off, that's actually that's scary to me. Uh, I believe the TO is actually in the chat right now. So let us know if you are using the new Astro Militarum book there, if you've allowed it, or if that's right. old guard that are maybe trying to get a last hurrah with those indirect fire weapons or something mm-hmm. uh, they're wanting to t- take advantage of. It. You know, so please. Oh, by the way, uh, when we talk about we active chat, sometimes we do get the players uh, from the event, organizers of the event that are in the chat participating. And you know, if, you're, if you are playing or, or you're going to any of the turns that we do talk about, and you feel like throwing your list in the chat, being bold, let people know what you're taking, uh, please do it, do it that way. Uh, again, I'm only pointing this out because po- folks are listening after the fact. They may not know that we do this, so it's, it's worth coming and checking it's out if you live. can. If you got time, nine, nine p.m. Thursday, Eastern. There it is, Stigs. Oh, there's so many people talking now. Stigs two eight seven four. You did mention if you are using that slate, don't you? Actually, have to look. At... New book, no data slate. Okay, so you are using the new book. Interesting. All right, so new guard are in play at this. So no proxies for things so no like proxies, horns yeah, or no whatever. Proxies, that's okay. a cool, cool choice. I mean, look, yeah, that's a great w- choice. I think it, tournament player, tournament organizers are very much empowered to do what yeah, they want. Sure. That is going to be fun for their players, and you know that stuff gets published so people know what to expect. Uh, so I guess that that explains why we see uh, guard creeping on. Is Tau a surprise to you? <sighs> I, I've always thought the Tau are a lot better than a lot of people think and give them credit for. Tau are. Honestly, even with some of the changes to the Flyers, I think they're about to get a bit of a glow up only because the way that people are going to start playing Tau, I feel is leaning more towards how they should be played, if that makes sense. With the Riptides, yeah, the Planes, they probably get removed from some lists because some people don't like not having the first turn strike. But honestly, a lot of them end up being reserve turn when anyways they'll get blown off the board. So I don't think it's a huge hit for them in that. I think they're still going to be included in a lot of the Tau lists. And Crisis Suits, Riptides, Hammerheads, they're all still... Juicy. Like, I. <laughs> What's yeah. the only thing that went up with it? I think the commanders went up a little bit, and that was it. Uh, to me, uh, Demon's not a surprise, you know, with the, with the variation in the list. Uh, you know, we know the Bloodthirster is incredibly dominant. We know Bellacor makes his way into a lot of lists. We yeah. know Flamers are a, a choice unit and will mm-hmm. continue to be a choice unit, I think, even after the, oh, know, the change that we have, we have coming up. Uh, and then Votan, I, I, I actually am surprised to see nine Votan players. We'll have 72 players, nine of them. That means, what is it, 12, 13%? Roughly, um, yeah. 20, you know, 20% are between Demons and Votan. That is a surprise to me. That is actually a pretty big, uh, like in terms of the percentage-wise, the representation. Demons have always been a good, rep- well-represented faction. Well, not always, but... A lot of players have really, them, too, as yeah, well. Yeah, a lot so of players like, do have them. Exactly. If you've been a Demon fan, you have this army from, yeah. you know, a- ages past, and so it's kind of easy for you to get current with whatever the shift is yeah absolutely and to be honest i think uh the demon window might actually be coming up like i feel like it's coming up with a lot of the changes to other factions that are inadvertently making demons better and while yes the flamer to the nerfs is a nerf it's not taking them out of contention at all like Uh, yeah at all we're gonna well, we'll see in a couple of weeks, you know, if if that actually does impact what people are taking. I, I, but our prediction is that it does not. Yeah. That it is a that is a a pure tweak to balance. If this change makes you take the flamers out of your list, you're silly. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's uh, that's all I got to say to that. So with with the Votan, I don't know if we have a Votan list to highlight, but it would be 
uh, real interesting to see, you know, how they've chosen to approach this. Uh, but let's jump into what we're going to see there, you know, because again, we've highlighted some of the some of the top players here mm-hmm. uh, in the U.S. in the Midwest specifically. Uh, you want to tell us who's playing what, what we're seeing? Yeah, absolutely. So we have top players in attendance here that Adam decided to pick out since uh, he is such a gentleman. He still filled out all the uh, top players for us. Adam's here in spirit. Players. He's here him. in spirit for sure. Uh, so we have Brenton Weiss. The fourth in the U.S. Midwest Tau Empire, which is uh, a long-time Tau player, long-time uh, great Tau player. player, yeah, for sure. So definitely, uh, definitely going to be top of the list, I think. Here, so Patrol, he's got Cold Star Commander, Long Strike, two by ten crew, two by four crew, Hounds, five Crisis suits with two Shield drones, six Vespid, two <laughs> Reptides, two Sun Sunstruck Bombers, and is the Supreme Command with a Shadow Sun. I- I'm laughing at the Vespid, but uh, we, we, I think we all kind of recognize that the Vespid are an underutilized <laughs> unit. Who here knows why there's a six-man Vespid squad in this list? R&D, anybody? Yeah. R&D? Yeah, what? R&D. Uh, what is it? The Aerial Space ra- Raiders aerial space or whatever? Thing. They can use it for that one, too. But the only problem with them is that uh, they don't complete it at the end of the turn, so they have to survive. But there's like, if you can get blocked off, they can be used. They're just, because they're infantry, they can be utilized for a lot because they're fast, right? And they actually, their gun's not bad. It's really not bad. AP three or something or whatever. It's uh yeah. I can't remember exactly, but it but it is. It's very <laughs> it's strong. Like, it's like strength five AP three one shot one damage something like that. I, I believe they are an underutilized unit. No, no, no yeah. lie, no hyperbole there. No exaggeration. I think there is uh the, the there's kind of some stigma of the unit because for mm. now a decade they have not you know been very efficient, but I think there's a place for them. But it's also in a um, data slate rich book, so yeah. I can, you know. I, I'm not, you know, I can kind of understand why uh, players are opting for other units as well. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like he took uh, long strike instead of and beefing up the one crisis squad instead of splitting out into two crisis. So it was going heavier into the one crisis squad, which I like. I, th- I think this is actually I, I like this list. I mean, with the two reptiles, the two sunstruck bombers, one big crisis unit, and then two commanders like with Shadow Sun and uh, Cold Star, and then long strike for any big big knights that might come up that he wants to pop. Solid list that has everything he needs to deal with. Everything six Vespids and then a bunch of Kruta contest objectives, block move block if you need to. This is good, very uh, similar to what we've seen him play earlier in the yep. year, uh, which is different than you know, say like Andrew Gagno's take on the list that mm-hmm. has a lot more riptides kind of you know, it moved in favor. This is kind of a split uh, between the old what would have been a ton of crisis. Right, uh, and in in the new thing, which is now a couple of riptides, uh, but also still have the, have, has the bombers. Yeah, exactly. Next up, we have Daniel Sanson, Sanson, Sansone, Sansone, Sansone. Thank you. Got there, nailed it. Six of the U.S. Midwest with Necrons expansionist conquerors, which will not be a thing very soon. <laughs> <laughs> we got to deal with it now. We're very much in the, the now. now. <laughs> So he's got an Outrider with Chronomancer. Ooh, he's got the Void Dragon. Six Scorpex, three by three Scarabs, six Ophidians, three Tomb Blades, six Locusts, and then a Patrol with Transient the Infinite, five Immortals, six more Scorpex, another Transcendent, and, the, and an Auxiliary with another Transcendent. He's doing triple Satan, making one of them Void Dragon, and then uh, sprinkling some Destroyers, some Scarabs for, uh, for Ob- Obsec, and Tomb Blades for, well, so many things. <laughs> I think uh, two blades are an underutilized unit. That's what I think. Daniel's a great player. Uh, I've been able to see him play in the past and stuff. And, you know, so I'd, this take on the Necron list, I got, I tell you, it's kind of got me scratching my head a little bit, but it's hard for me to 
like really shed doubt on it because mm. I know the quality of the player. Yeah, when you know the player and they know their play style and just what they like to play, it's hard to say, hey, I don't I don't think this list will work, but he knows what he's doing. And Triple Satan was a very meta list for a while. It was a very strong list. It's not, it hasn't gotten weaker. Just a lot of people have moved away from it because of the, of the mass obsec and the way that they score their secondaries right now, and the Satans don't really add anything to that. But they themselves, uh, they don't necessarily need to because they will hit hard enough, and they're a pain to get rid of. So for any army that isn't prepared to like one turn them, they are a pain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and also, you know, what we've seen even when the the double and triple Satan list was in there, you know, people were going with like the Nightbringer to give the tricks for you know the, all the he. I'm sorry, the Deceiver for the tricks that, that he brings yep. uh, with that, and are opting you know just for non named Satan shards uh, because there's a little bit of points premium on those. But here we got the Void Dragon, which I mean. We've talked about that model, I think, mm-hmm. once in the last year, maybe maybe, maybe twice, but yeah. very infrequently. What do you think that's bringing to the table in this? Well, in this he's he's there for another anti tank because that that's what he's that's what he's in there for anti tank. I think he gets the bonus against monsters too, but it might only be vehicles. But he's there because he only has like the locust destroyers are, are the best chance he has of, uh, with the reroll wounds to kill the bigger things. He needs something else to be able to do that without having to rely on the strength six of the regular satans. The void dragon does a lot more damage to vehicles, like a lot more damage. He's more reliable in that sense. And he's still a Satan, so you don't have to worry about him getting picked off in one turn against most armies, right? So you can move him up, threaten any big thing you need to. If you're fighting a big knight, Boy Dragon just flips it and then moves on to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very nice. You know, we, we talked about, you know, knowing the player, and uh, it's real easy for us to talk about what we think is just kind of the surface level strength of these lists when they come out. But in any list or any engagement, you can never count out the actual skill of the pilot and their, and their ability to kind of forecast uh, what they're going to need. So I yeah. think that's going to shine through with this particular list and the player. What's next? Absolutely. We have Joshua Minich. Minich, I don't, Minich, I don't know what the how to pronounce it appropriately. So I dread one of those me. has to be close. One of those is going to be right. Mark my words for close. sure. Seventh in the U.S. Midwest, <laughs> and he is going to be running Chaos Demons. We're going to see one of these a massive Chaos uh, Demons list that's showing up here. So he's got a battalion with a Bloodthirster. I'm assuming he's got all the fixings in there. Fluxmaster, Transweaver, ten Bloodletters, ten Blue Horrors, ten Demonettes, three by five Flamers, and then a patrol with another Bloodthirster, Scarbrand, and ten Bloodletters. I heard he likes corn. Triple bloodthirsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't Minnick. hate this. There we go. Thank you, chat, yeah. helping me out there. Minnick, Joshua Minnick. There you go. I think I just said that one of them. Um, I mean, that's a lot of aggression. You got Scarbrand in there for all, all kind of all the tricks that, that Scarbrand brings, and then the the ability to because people have to focus on the one bloodthirster. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So, yeah. You're gonna get into combat. Yeah, it's the only reason that a lot of people don't bring the second one is because the second one doesn't have like the wound cap on it, so they can be <laughs> taken down. And it's uh, it, it hurts when you put that many points into a model, but because you have two other ones running in there with Scarbrand and another Bloodthirster with that wound cap, you can do a lot of work with them. He, if he gets into combat, he will kill whatever he fights, pretty much. Uh, Their Nurglebad has gone to war with Nightbot, um, <laughs> so. Uh, Nurgle Matt's got him. There's not, yeah, not look, a chance. Like, we talk about picking winners in this on this yeah, show. There we go. This, we're picking a winner between Nightbot and Nurgle Matthew. Nurgle Matthew wins every time. Yeah. <laughs> Double uh, sixes. <laughs> I love this list. Demons, uh, obviously, a, a very strong choice. A lot of players have gone for demons in this. I think mean, they can compete in any in any level. I, it is. Um, 
I, I think you can pretty much say that each one of those demon lists has at least 10 flamers in it. At least. The, if I guess some reality where it has nine. Let's say it has at least three units of flamers in it. Oh, there might be some with two by five, you know, but... Fair enough. Well, so, okay, I'll, we'll go with at least 10 flamers. Uh, my pick to win this thing, you know, and here, by the way, folks, if you just joined us, we do. We either pick a uh, player or a faction sometimes uh, to see about who, what's going to take the event. Uh, I'm going to call Demons. Oh, you beat me to it. I was going to say. You can still call demons. There's no dibs. There's no dibs. No dibs. All right. The demons for sure. I I think demons actually have this too. It is. um, It's in a good place. And I'm looking at the field that this uh, tournament has. And I think demons have a good matchup into pretty much everything here. Like obviously not easy matchups, but they have play into everything. And I don't, there's nothing that makes me go. Demons can't beat this. Votan are kind of an unknown here. They are. We don't know exactly what the, like, Sometimes it's easy to look at a codex and say, that's the best list. Yeah. Those components, you take two of these, one of these, three of these, whatever, and then the rest is filling in what you want, but that's the best list. Mm-hmm. That's not decided with, with Votan yet. I don't think the Votan are solved. Um, no, I think some of the units like are almost auto-includes. Like, I, sure. I think every army of Votan should have at least two units, of, if not three, of bikes. Mm-hmm. At least one land fortress. Yeah, maybe two. Uh, maybe you know, I two. think you're right. It's like three units of pioneers, two land yeah. fortresses. Uh, that's then, what, that's where uh, I would a, start. And then a couple berserker squads, like one in, berserker in the, squad for every transport you have. Basically. I think in the Sagittars, right? So you get yeah. you get two two Sagittars or yeah. whatever, and then that you you combat squad them, you know the 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 fake way. Yep. Uh, into those things, and then yep. you know, and then obviously some, one call, and that's yeah. your core right there. And then the rest of it's yeah. kind of all right. What do I like? Yeah. But I, but I have my, not my, seen that happen list yet. Building, that's my list building dance for all of you that aren't actually watching this. You're missing that's, out. That's a thing. It's uh, but but I I guess I just haven't seen it happen yet. We haven't seen them put up numbers, uh, really on the tournament. It's true. Yet. It's true. Like people keep saying, "Oh, they're busted. They're broken." But they're not winning everything. Yeah, somebody do a, it. They have a so, good win rate, sure, but so did Harlequins. But they were actually winning stuff and. It's they. I think they. I don't know what it is. What do you think it is? Is it because they're just getting? Are they crushing mid tables and not quite getting like that last win that they need, or what is it? I, I truly believe this, that is. There's more to it than than what's happening on the tabletop. There are some logistics and supply chains. Like I, yeah. I talk to players a lot. Like I just got my second Sagittar. I mean, that's really that's a that's a that's really? a real conversation that I, that I you know had in chat with a, with a with no a buddy. no lies here. Yeah. Paul doesn't lie to you guys. You should know. Well, that by now. Say, well, I'm <laughs> saying that's not you know it, that's not conjecture. That is the thing. I think that's something mm-hmm. that there's the and it's also the army did just come out. You know, at a you know during you know a season where people may not have as much hobby time as they want or whatever. I mean, yeah. again, there's there's all kind of reasons that I think that maybe it hasn't hit yet. Uh, but you're right. Maybe there it, it is like people in their home games are already or, you know playing with proxies or whatever yeah, or maybe. smashing every single opponent they come against. Well, I mean, they're the only people that are going to still have armor contempt or like their version of armor contempt left, yep. mind you. Mind you, like most a lot of them are four up save, but that's not the point. The point is they still have it, right? So it's something. Yeah, we, we shall see. But again, we have not seen them put up numbers. If anybody has feels like they've got what is the the, the list, list uh, hit us with it because I know a lot of folks uh, would would like to take advantage of that because uh, brand new army people want to put the, go put those figures together. Yeah. Uh, next event we're talking about is the Exterminatus Six, the sixth you know, or six yeah. <laughs> Exterminatus Six Return of the Noodle from Wagga Wagga, New South Wales, Australia. Uh, I'm sorry. Wait. Uh, Return of the, the Noodle. Is it Return of the Noodle or the Wagga Wagga? 
Wagga Wagga <laughs> Return of the Noodle. Return of the Waddle. It, is Wagga Wagga actually Wagga? I'm so confused. Exterminata 6. It's near London, yes. It I, is I'll approximately 9,500 miles from London. <laughs> I, I will actually be looking that up to see how accurate you are afterwards, because last time you nailed it. You were, like, was... you were like within a couple miles. So that's... Complete shot in the dark. <laughs> 50 players, five-round event. We are going to be seeing in the Imperial Superfaction, there's two Sisters of Battle, two Custodes, four Astro Militarum, one Grey Knight, and three Imperial Knights. Space Marines, there's one Dark Angel, one Space Wolf, one Blood Angel, two Ultramarines, one Salamander, one Imperial Fist. Chaos, there's five Chaos Space Marines, which is one Black Legion, two Imperial Children, one Iron Warriors, and one, I got this, AL, AL, Alpha Legion. Man, these guys bringing out all the different legions here. Three three T Suns, one Death Guard, four Demons, and five Renegade Knights. So, Zenos, look, if you don't know Chaos, Knights. that's okay. <laughs> I'm a GSC tier player, man. Ask me anything about that. It's Chaos stuff. I've never heard of it. They don't. They taste funny. Three Necrons, zero Tau. Oh, this would be a great event to attend. And three Votan. In the Hive Mind, there's five Tyranids and a G tier call player. Yes. Wait, we're in Australia. Is it? <laughs> is it Eric? <laughs> Uh, Eldari, one Drukari, and one Asuriani mean the faction podium is CSM, Renegade Knights, and Nids tied at the top with five. Demons and Gardens second with four, and then Necrons, Votan, T-Suns, and Imperial Knights at three. This is this is a phenomenal spread. No towel. This might be the best spread I've ever seen in a tournament on this show. That is amazing. Mainly because there's no towel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, with this, I guess anything surprising here that, that really jumps out? Well, there's no, there's no real big numbers. We're talking about like uh, percentage-wise because there's 50 players, right? Um, the biggest ones, Chaos Space Marines, that's no surprise. They're they're pretty... Renegade Knights, actually. I think that's the biggest surprise out of all these, with topping it off with five, because we usually see them usually about maybe a third representation of the Imperial Knights. Am I wrong on that? I think that's pretty much what we usually see. They're usually under Imperial Knights. Then in team events, we'll see Renegade Knights usually a little bit higher. But Renegade Knights being up there, I think, is actually a surprise. In a singles event, specifically. What do you think? There's There are zero Harlequins, too. Oh, that's interesting. And then, all, I guess, all the Tyranids. Uh, Tyranids, that, uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I guess kind of is expected here. Yeah, the Tyranids, uh, the big, big Tyranids numbers is not really surprising. No Tau, no Harlequins. Those are two top armies that are not represented at all. This is actually, like, no Tau and no Harlequins. I I, I kind of want to go to this tournament right now. Like, I will fly to Australia. <laughs> You're not the only one. The, the chat is also, is like, how, how long did it get there? Uh, with a quick <laughs> little check, though, what it is, it's uh, 10,471 miles outside of London. <laughs> oh, my God. You were like a, a thousand off, not even. But just the 10,000. <laughs> I said 9,000, so that's, you know, it's that pretty close. Crazy. If wow, you've gone the extra, you've gotten the 9,000, what's one more? Exactly. Like, at that point, you might as well just stay in the plane for another hour, right? <laughs> Makes sense. No, that was good. Good job, Paul. You're, you're great at that. You should just do that all the time. It's a <laughs> new carnival trick. At LVL, everybody can go up to Paul and ask him what the distance between any two places are, and he will tell you. But, oh, actually, no. London in any place. London in any place. It has to be London in any place in the world. He will tell you the distance. <laughs> so, listen, listen. Let's discuss the impact of no Tau and no Harlequins. Harlequins, as we know, what do they have? You know, 54% win rate, 60% win rate or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Tau, we know, incredibly dominant. What does that open the door for with the fact that they just aren't there uh, at this well, event? Ironically, no Harlequins would open the door for Tau. 
because Tau sometimes struggled into that like mass minus one and uh, mass invulns, right? But Tau not there either. You have two of arguably the best shooting armies in the game that aren't represented at all. So, you know who I'm surprised we're not seeing here? If Bile was here, <laughs> it would be oh yeah, good. Yeah. It would be terrifying. But because there's no Bile, I'm looking at I'm looking at that one Blood Angel list there, the Space Marines. Like that's actually, you know what? The Knights are in a really good spot in this too. That's a good, yeah, I think that's actually it. The Knights here, the Knights yeah. are probably what stand to take advantage of that the most because a complete absence of Haywire and a complete absence of rail cannons. Yeah, no fusion, no fusion from those ones and no Haywire and no rail guns, no ion cannons. Like this is uh, ion cannons, the, the ion accelerator, ion accelerator. Yep. I do know Tau because well, I hate them. Let's let's actually jump down to what we're going to see there with some of the players here. And know, Josh McMillan, uh, third uh, ITC ranked in the South Pacific, mm-hmm. Adeptosaurus. Is that we haven't really talked about them? You know, have they been held down by potentially Tau and Harlequins? It's true. They are actually in a much better spot in this too. Harlequins are really rough for them, and so are. Uh... So are Tau because it's the, the amount of shooting they can put out before they even get there. The other one they used to struggle with is Tyranids, but I think the new Tyranids builds aren't as scary for them. Like Kraken, they can deal with better than the old Leviathan spam list. So they actually, the sisters are in a good spot here too. Uh, what's he bringing? He is going to be bringing, uh, looks like a single battalion, a canoness, missionary, Morvan Vall, two by five battles, ten novitiates, two by nine sacristans, a dogmata, a hospitaller, eight, six, and four repentia, eight, eight, five zephyrim, two by five retributors, and two rhinos. Now, I'm assuming they still have AOC in this too, right? Armor I have to. Yeah, yeah, they have to. So they're, they're still, they're actually in a really good spot in this, uh, this spread. I think. This opens up the door for the sisters a lot. Those two sisters players are in good spots. That's good. When we come time to pick a winner, it's going to be difficult to pick. It will be. Uh, which, you know, seeing this list highlighted actually reminded me. That's how kind of yeah. <laughs> uh, buried deep in those mid tables, you know, the the, the Adeptosaurus have been recently. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a couple of those factions not being there, if they can get through the Tyranids, uh, which yeah, I think but, they can, right? But, well, they absolutely can. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt that they can. I was uh, that's just one of the few that they kind of struggle with, and it was more the Leviathan build. Tyranids are still rough for them just because Kraken is fast and they can kill them pretty easily. But I think they're in good shape to be able to fight that too. Yeah. So okay. That, well, uh, is it way to go, Exterminatus? <laughs> yeah. Here, really? Like it's, like it's really a, it's a pretty lively uh, meta here. We know it's 50 players, but there's there's this could this is really going to be kind of a lot of competition. In those mm-hmm. final rounds. Yeah, this would be, if it's being streamed, I would watch this one for sure because there are going to be some really good games in this one. All right. So next up, we have Chris Wright, 2022 WTC Team Australia, sixth player in the South Pacific right now, playing Astro Militarum with armored superiority and swift as the wind. I'm not 100% sure what the swift as the wind is. Uh, chat, let new, us know. That, that must be New Guard. If you guys know what those ones are and for New Guard, let us know. Armored Superiority and Swift as the Wind. It is a single battalion with a military Tempestus command squad, two Executioner tank commanders, three by ten Acadian infantry squads, ten Kasserkin. Okay, so it's definitely the new book. Three by ten <laughs> military Tempestus Scions, three Armored Sentinels, two and one Scout Sentinels, three Lehman Rust Executioners, and a Torox. 
Uh, Swift as when add one to the move characteristic of infantry and artillery models with this doctrine and add two inches to the move characteristic of all other models in the do- uh, with this doctrine and one of the charge rolled maze for unit with this doctrine. Nice. And the armored superiority is that counts as five, I believe. Uh, armored superiority has uh, gained the armored superiority keyword. Sentinel models with this doctrine count as three models. Titanic count as 10. And all vehicle models in this doctrine count as five. I, I simplified it. Thanks, <laughs> too. Thanks, buddy. I was going to give it to you, but I looked over there. There were there were five bullet points. I'm like, I, yeah, I, was, probably, oh, I guess we should probably. Yeah, <laughs> so, I was close. I had I had it the right. You idea. did. You knew exactly what was up. Just need a little bit of just a little bit of spurt on. Specify. Yeah, exactly. No, this is like this is really uh, Lehman Russ is in uh, the new guard codex. Specifically, the plasma executioners are scary. Yeah, they've kind I'm of assuming they, 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 like they were awesome for too. a long time, by the way. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, back in the day, and it's kind of cool. They've they've come back up for so many yeah. had them in their collection for a hopefully, bit. Uh, hopefully not too many of you guys clip those uh, plasma executioners off because uh, you want them back now. Well, I mean, look at this, though. They've got five in this list. That It's true because he's got the two, the two commanders and then the three actual Russes themselves. Huh. That's a lot of tank that, shit. That is a lot of much Russians. damage. That's uh, much damage. <laughs> it is. And look at this with with the Sentinels. Is there's a whole lot of forward deployment. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I have not I have not fully like crystallized a list. I'm a guard player as well, so I, I take Admiral yeah. Terum, and I'm not fully kind of crystallized the list. But I I kind of foresee almost like all these like bubbles surrounding the tanks, and yeah, you know, making people have to come towards them, and they might not be able to do it. No, and I think people underestimate how annoying those sentinels are to remove. Like for their points, they take a lot to get rid of. Like a lot. They're a pain to get rid of. Especially now they're counting as multiple models. Like, oh, that's just that's just a nightmare. And they got the uh, Torox so that could kind of switch in with some Tempest to Scions. Yeah, got a pretty... question in the chat. Why the Torox? Torox is actually oh. pretty inexpensive. And if yeah. you are, and, and then if you have this um so the armor superiority, so that Torox counts as a you know a fair number of models. Yep. Uh, when it is trying to control objectives, and so his idea is uh, score some points, make you have to work for the to get the points back, mm-hmm. while he's annihilating you with one, two, three, four, fifth <laughs> executioner tanks. Yeah, exactly. So it gives him a little more durability, mobility. But I'm, I'm sure, like one of the scions, probably have like an upgrade that uh, will give it something cool. To be in there too, like maybe move and then move, <laughs> get out of it and move. Like after it moves, it's pretty. I love that optimism. Uh, right, hey, I, 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 I'm always optimistic. Everybody, but, I mean, you know, on the show always knows what they're doing. Yeah, re- and, and really, also is that these uh, these vehicles, these uh, kind of collections of stats, uh, they're they're competing. Your opponent only has so many weapons that can actually yeah. play well into those types of things, and so any any confusion that he can give you between the sentinels, the, uh, I mean, he's got five, like six sentinels here, you know, yeah. that are. I mean, granted, you can kill them in bolters, but you might be tempted to shoot a missile launcher. You can, but it's not as easy as it seems. And that's right where he wants you to be, Mm -hmm. is making those decisions and potentially buying his larger, better things another turn. And, you know, uh, I think we will see a lot of guard players moving towards more things with toughness six or better, lots of wounds are better, um, and and just using the, the troops as almost distractions or just a little bit of point yeah, scores. Absolutely. You might like, you'll see a lot of uh, rough riders, a lot of rough riders I've seen being used at the guard codex. Mostly that the, when you don't, it's because you don't have them. 
Uh, we, I, I think they're probably using the same thing here is that, uh, now granted, the Rough Riders have been around for a long time, yeah. but there has been years and years and years that those models have not been in yeah. circulation for people uh, to get. And so they're probably doing the same thing. Like, yeah, I've no got proxies. 45. Use, use what you got. <laughs> play what you got. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, you're ready. You're I'm ready. ready for this. I'm ready know, for this. this. I, hey, I had my brood brothers ready for a long time, you know? <laughs> <laughs> What's the next event, our next person? The next person, we have Hayden Ford, eight in the South Pacific. South Pacific, specifically the South Pacific. Custodes, Emperor's Chosen. Ooh, we got a Custodes listed here. So he's got a Shield Captain and a Laris, three Achilles Dreads, three Venerable Dreads, a Caladius, and then a Patrol with an Inquisitor and Trajan. Uh, there's more Wait. to it. Oh, I was going to say that. That's not a patrol. I mean, look, a list. <laughs> wild that is probably a solid 1,500 points. It's true. It probably is. And then five prosecutors, two by one Alaris, and three Virtus Praetors. There's, that's what I was waiting for. This is, uh, well, it's obviously dread heavy. But I it's actually, it. I love this list. I love you can carry this in a, in a small box. Oh, that's the best part of these kind of like, you know, you don't, by the end of the the fourth round, you're, you know, your back's not killing you or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) You're already winning at that point. I love lists like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is a good one. I'm uh, custodes. There's not, there's not much to talk about with them. Like the the six dreads. We know what they do. Well, this is, I wonder if, if anyone knows in the chat, any history on the players, is this a, like, is this a custodies player from, are they, are they trying to shore up some faction points here? Are they like, what is it? Because remember what I talked about, it's not just about necessarily winning this particular event. It is also uh, coming towards the end of the ITC season. You can actually go to the Mm -hmm. uh, frontline gaming website and check out all the rankings for people, factions and uh, regions and, and stuff, you know, this is, people are going to be playing for those types of points. I wonder if this is one of those choices. It might be. That's actually a good point. It's something to remember, too, because we're so close to the end of the season. If any of these guys are going to the LVO or going for best in faction, this is where they get their last bit of points to try to take over those last guys. Because if you're sitting at your max points, or even if you're missing a tournament or two, like this is a big time to get your points for your faction, try to get that best in faction award. I, I no kidding though. I legitimately like all these dreads, and I, I tell you why. You know, it's like you know we've we've seen a lot of there's a lot of mortal wounds out there. Uh, custodians are actually pretty good at shrugging off mortal wounds, and yep. there's just a lot of just trash fire. You know, yep. uh, like just small arms shots. There's a whole bunch of that volume of fire type stuff, which typically doesn't have a whole lot of punch power. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I, a lot of reasons, you know, of course, you know what people are choosing to bring. Uh, and stuff, but in the custodies blank that really well. It's true. And I feel like dreads have been, while a lot of people find them boring to play as a custodes, I think they're one of the best ways to play them. They're just so durable. Like you just march them up the board, sit on objectives. If you want to get aggressive with them, you can, if it's an arm, you can do that with, and they can do close combat. They can do shooting. They just do everything. And they're durable. They are so much, so mm-hmm. big of a pain to, to remove. Plus you have the predators flying around the board doing some mobility where you need it. Trajan is just point for point. Still one of the best characters in the game. And I, it's just a solid list all around. The two by one Alaris are a pain too because they can actually do a lot for you. I, I was on the fence with Trajan for a long time. It's like really, yeah, not not with efficiency of the points because you you cannot argue that like what he was doing. But I was like, do I yeah. do I like this named character? He's like because well, there's so much you can do, you know, mm-hmm. in, in decide in Warhammer forty thousand until I painted one and it came out really well. I'm like I got to figure out a way to get this oh, guy yeah. on the table. That that's always the way it happens. If you paint one and it ends up really like looking good, then it, nah, he's in my list. That doesn't matter if he if he's garbage. He's all, always in my list. 
He's just so cool. Uh, so uh, what's winning this? I mean, again, with the fact that there are some notable, you know, I don't say gaps, but openings in what we might consider the faction pool. And we, we, you know, we've kind of circled around what that might open the door for. What do you think is winning? Man, uh, it depends on like terrain and stuff too, but I'm like, it's between, honestly, it's between Sisters and Blood Angels for me. Man, oh. got me conflicted now. Yeah, see, demons actually have a good a good run in this too, though. Like with no Tau and no Harlequins, it it opens up the field to some of these that normally struggle into those armies, right? I yeah, I'm indeed. Go- I'm gonna go with sisters, but I think sisters actually have sisters. i yeah. as much as you you mentioned Blood Angels, and it makes me want to pick it. I'm I'm gonna go with knights. Knights, um, yep. You know, we sense. might even see a sisters and a knight showdown. Yeah, in the finals. Yeah, uh, that's one of the few things that the sisters have a little bit more trouble into is the knights for sure. I'm just I, I assume that because we're in Australia and they're very WTC heavy, I feel like it's gonna be WTC terrain. Terrain, okay, good point. Sisters, sisters have a benefit against knights in that terrain. So, oh no, we'll good, see. good knowing, good knowing that that's awesome. Let's take a quick break for a little bit of station identification. Uh, word from our sponsor. And then we'll come back after the break. We're we're going to run down one more event, and then we have a special segment we call the Fuego Rapido, which is like a little palate cleanser uh, that rarely has anything to do with the Warhammer Forty Thousand. Just going to preface that right now. (laughs) (laughs) But after we talk about all the hard stats and the theories and whatever, it's a nice way to kind of just chill with us at the end. You don't want to miss it. But again, we got got a break, one more event, and then that segment. We'll see you on just a couple minutes. See you soon. At Frontline Gaming, we make the best tabletop gaming mats in the universe. Our mats are durable, rollable, foldable, wipeable, and storable. Oh, and they look damn great, too. Join the thousands of tournament regulars and garage gamers who use our mats to bring their gaming surfaces to life. To ensure quality, Frontline Gaming mats are custom-made one at a time, printed with high-quality ink, Our immersive designs stay crisp and are available in a wide range of styles and sizes. So whether you're playing a war game or skirmish game, whether you're fighting over an alien tundra, fantastical forest, or real-world setting, there's a great-looking battlefield for you. Our gaming mats are printed on extremely durable neoprene backing, so they won't slide around the table, and they're thick enough to stay flat, protecting what's underneath and allowing for slight uneven surfaces. We know from experience that an easily portable gaming surface is just better. Every mat comes with a sturdy nylon zip-up bag for storage and transportation. Whether your next battle is in your home or at the local game store, you'll be able to unroll your FLG mat and get gaming right away. Our products are all made and tested by passionate gamers at Frontline Gaming HQ right here in the USA. It's time to take your battlefield to a new level. Frontline Gaming, champions of tabletop. I'm sad. Wait, Everybody, we are back. Uh, thanks for checking out our Production sponsors. Trust me. Uh, if... <laughs> Please don't forget to leave us some five-star reviews, like, share, and subscribe if you haven't already. Even the comments after the fact on YouTube do a whole lot uh, to kind of like, you know, just kind of jazzing up the algos a bit, just so other people may discover us as well and come and hang out with us. It's all about just hanging out, talking, yeah, chatting. Every, every Thursday, we, we have a great chat community, guys. So come hang out with us, chat with us. We, we do respond to you, as you can tell. We, we talk to people. We talk to I you. I love it. Which yeah. is this part of, the, part of the thing that makes the show great. 
Yeah. And so, but the, in those things, you know, it's like with the comments and then the, the hitting the bells and even, even the reviews in like iTunes and that kind of stuff matters so much because it's, it's kind of signaling out to other people that they might also enjoy the content. Exactly. And it means a lot to us uh, for y'all to do that. Thank y'all. And of course the comments that we get during the live part, you know, as well, it keeps going. The chat says is just a much part of the show as we are helps keeps us honest. How many times mm-hmm. we've we been fishing for rules and be like, Oh, there it is. Thank you. Literally <laughs> every episode, every episode, at least two or three times. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys are quick. It's great. Uh, the next tournament we're going to talk about a grim, dark new year in Valdosta, Georgia. Georgia is my home state. As a matter of fact, I'm, I, Valdosta is like a long way away. Georgia is a very oh. long state. Like people sometimes like, can't you just pop, skip it a jump? No, it's like th- two and a half hours away. Uh, oh, it's not that bad. I thought you were going to say like six hours or something. Like me to Ottawa. Uh, but it is a, a very active community in and around that area. Uh, 50 players, five round event. You know, this seem to be a couple of those just kind of easing us into this new year as we get ready to close out this ITC season. Yeah, for sure. I think Paul should actually take the two and a half hour drive to go attend this event too. Let's go hang out. Let's go hang out. Yeah. So the Imperial Super Faction, there are two Sisters of Battle, one Custode, three Astromilitarum, and one Imperial Knight. Space Marines, there's one Blood Angel, one Ultramarine, three Black Templars, and one Death Watch. Chaos, there's six Chaos Space Marines. It's three creations of Bile. There they are. They're all in uh, Georgia here. One World Eaters, one Black Legion, and one Emperor's Children. Emperor's Children? Yes. I'm glad you, I'm glad you nailed those. I got them. Every single one of them. I almost said chosen because we just talked about the uh, custodes, but I got it. I got it. Four T-Sons, two Death Guard, five Demons, and three Renegade Knights. Xenos, there are no Necrons present, three Orcs, two Tau, and four Votan. Votan are really starting to show up a lot more. You're right with that hobby leg. It's just, it's over now. Oh, Hive Mind, one Tyranid, and three Jesus. I love Georgia. I love this. <laughs> This is great. Georgia has everything. We get all the Georgia seasons, <laughs> all the factions. They have everything um, but Necrons. Yeah. <laughs> no Necrons. Eldari, there's one Drukari, one Harlequin, two Asuriani, and one Yanari, which means the faction podium is Chaos Space Marines at five, Demons at five, and then T-Suns and Votan at four. And I don't know why I didn't put it here, but GSC is at three. So they're like, they're right up there too. Like, come on. Because <laughs> that's not the podium. They're close but, though. It's close enough to a GSC. If you podium were there, they'd be on the podium. It's true. If I was there, maybe I should just show up. Like, it's, it's maybe it's, it's two half two and a half hours away from me too. It I'll is, ship you my army. You go there. It is not. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's not, what we need. It is not. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't find uh, a rock grinder on a map. You know, it's like <laughs> you. You couldn't identify a seismic cannon when I showed it to you. That's what. That's like, what it was. Yeah. Oh, uh, so this. Um, Again, I know it's going to be very competitive, and this is also demons here, uh, here in the faction. So demons have been on the podium, I think, at every single one of the events, but a large percentage of of every tournament we've talked about, and not just the ones we talked about. I'm willing to bet they are an equal percentage of every tournament happening, and that will be happening over the next six weeks. So mm-hmm. if you if you need a demon plant, yeah. It is definitely one of those gatekeeper armors. And I say gatekeeper, when I say gatekeeper, I mean, not necessarily that it's not going to win anything, but it's a list or an army that is so prevalent in all the meta right now that you have to have a plan for because it has specific things that you need to be ready to deal with that if you can't deal with it, you're going to get rocked. You're going to get yeah. walked over because they will walk over you if you're not ready for them. In every meta, and I know that word means different things to different people, yeah. but it, since the dawn of time, since we started coming together and playing and what is somewhat organized play, there will always be like some prevalent or dominant mm-hmm. list. And those two things can be different 
different meanings. Could be prevalent, just to be a lot of them because people enjoy playing them. Um, could be dominant, you know, or whatever. And you have to have a plan for them. Like you have to know that you, you're going to encounter them. There's a high likelihood that you're going to encounter them through your path to victory if you're planning to, even if you don't even plan to win all three games. Remember some yeah. of those, like let's say when Necrons were scoring 100 points apiece and all the <laughs> yeah. Necron players win, then the Necron players play each other. Then half of them move on to the next bracket, half of them move into your bracket, you know? So you've mm-hmm. still got to have a plan uh, for, for that. So, you know, don't get caught out in the open wanting to know what the Warp Storm table does you know yeah the chart does yeah I've, uh, so, I've seen a lot of games where they have to explain the world certain charges to people well it ask your opponent too ask if your you opponent. don't if you don't have resources or the book or whatever a player that mm-hmm. you can interact with or ask uh you know have that discussion with your opponent at the table incredibly incredibly important as yeah. you can see they're going to be everywhere yeah and it's it's never like it, you never even feel bad about that if you watch some of the streams you'll see like art of war guys they'll they'll go up and ask oh what does this do they don't nobody knows everything in this game never feel bad about asking those questions like it's important nope. to do that and your opponent should and always will just be happy to tell you because We've, we, we're playing the same game. It's a fun game. To yeah, we should throw like a tur- tournament preparedness segment into some That's of a good our idea. shows since we talk about these. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will say that, you know, just having, being comfortable asking your opponents some questions and some questions that are relevant, they don't yep. like have them reveal their strategies. Like, yeah. well, if I did this, what would you do? That's not yeah. a good question. <laughs> yeah. you know? That's, uh, yeah. Asking them if they have a way to advance and charge is a great question. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Actually, you know, there's this great podcast called Stutter Scrub that actually covered that exact topic not too long ago. In an episode, there we go. So. <laughs> Look at that. It's it's out there. It's because it's, 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 it's very important. It's very it important. is for sure. Sorry, I distracted us from our mission here. No, of course um, not. We this, this, that's part of our mission is to inform the public as well. So let's talk about the top players in attendance, Zalo, shall we? Let's do it. We have Seth Piper second in U.S. South with Adeptus Astartes Black. Templars. Which Look at that. Talk very... about getting faction points. Yeah, Dining. talk about it. There's, there's three of them here. Like, it, There's a lot of... So, basically, all the creations of Bile and all of the Black Templars are in Georgia this weekend. That's that's what it, that's what this uh, stat is telling us. It is a... I love it that Adam got to throw this in, by the way. Of course, so, you know, he's a well-documented Black Templar fan. I'm sure he jumped at the chance to put uh, Seth's list in here uh, to get... And, and then, uh, you know, with the fact that also checks off all the boxes you know one of the yeah. top like players in the region and black templar no way this is it not just, going in yeah it just fit everything no wonder it's on the show so it's a single battalion with grimaldus halbrecht there you go now you it's black templars you're having these two in the list right that just makes sense an emperor's champion five assault intercessors five infiltrators ten primaris crusaders five blade guard a judiciary primaris apothecary two redemptors five vanguard veterans and three eradicators that's interesting, interesting. okay yeah, i do like the the fights last i mean that's again it's kind yeah. of hard to get uh and hard for the marine armies that want to take advantage of it to f- really effectively get it into their mm-hmm. list uh, but i think black templars can do it better than any yeah no it's it's actually i think it auto included any black templars list too so it's as auto included as grimaldo's and Hellbrick. But that's I, I think so anyway. The oh, Crusaders are also a good uh, good add to. I love there's they have a, a lot of value in uh, Black Templar. Oh, uh, the Crusaders. Why do you say that? Because there's just ten, you know, ten bodies, ten bodies that hit like trucks. Well, hit. They're, they're one of their horde clears, I think. Okay. And they're like because they're they're costed really well too. I think anyway. Correct me if I'm wrong. If you're Black Templar player, but I think the Crusaders are actually costed. 
probably is their best troops cost wise not not just, say, just point to just efficiency point, yeah wise. point to efficiency okay. wise i think they're the best uh troop they have infiltrators on their hand very important to have especially in the meta right now and assault intercessors just they're just all around good to take but i think he also agrees with the primary crusaders that's why he has them because we we've seen a lot of black temple lists on here and i don't usually see them take the crusaders which is interesting all right i feel like i feel like they're good blade guard that's pretty self-explanatory. Same with the I love the Blade Guard. Well. I think there's such a, a um, especially if the, if the event is using something similar to the Games Workshop Open Series terrain, uh, the Blade Guard in the center of the table can just be such a linchpin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, do Black Templar have anything to help the Eradicators, or are they just in there to make sure that he has some anti-tank, anti-big uh, thing? They range? have to. I mean, I think that, that like Helbrick does everything. I mean, well, That's fair. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> this whole this whole list is walking forward. There's nothing uh, oh, on this yeah. list that is not walking forward. That um, no terminators either. We usually see at least one terminator squad, which is interesting too. Yeah, so like everything's going to be kind of tightened up around each other, and then you know, kind of spiraling out, and yeah, for sure, layers of buffs on buffs with all the things, and yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, it's a good spread of uh, units in this list. I like it. Next up, we have Daniel Hester's third in U.S. South with Leagues of Votan, Emir. The Glom, as Adam likes to call it, it is a single battalion. And let's see, let's see how much of what we were right before we said uh, what the standard of of Otanless would be. So we got a Forge Master, which makes sense with uh, Land Fortresses and being the Glom. He's got an Einhard Champion and a High Call. There's the call that we called. <laughs> oh, that was bad. Uh, three by ten Earthkin warriors. Trapped in your own pun nightmare. Trapped in my own pun. That was that was bad. Man. That was <laughs> trapped in my own pun. Ah. <laughs> Seven Hearthguard, and this used to be instead of the Berserkers, which actually someone in the chat mentioned, which uh, was a good call. That uh, Hearthguard are going to be replacing Berserkers because they went up again. Uh, two uh, by six Pioneers. There it is, and there's the Hecaton Land Fortress. I think. I think we, uh, I think we kind of, we, we basically nailed the what the what uh, the core of the Votan is right now. I of think. the pioneers in the in land fortress, the pioneers yeah, and land sprinkle fortress. whatever you want. Yep, yeah. And the the high call, you need the high call. That's yeah, oh yeah, one hundred percent. And I, I I wouldn't even like I I wouldn't mind seeing or would would have expected to see even more pioneers in here. But you know, obviously made some choices. Yeah, maybe. like two by six is a lot of pioneers, but I definitely agree. I think uh, three units of pioneers is the way, especially because they're obsec, right? Like that's a fast mm-hmm. obsec. It's it's the reason you see most of uh Votan not take a battalion so they don't have to put points into the Hearthkin Warriors. Not that they're bad. They just have better options, right? Yeah. Right. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up we have Mark Perry, the one man piano mover. That's the truth. <laughs> you know what? Have you seen him? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he's got he's got he's got the guns for it. Come and watch. I love his list show. too. His lists are always like sometimes it's just, just great. look at him and go like what, I, is, what is happening? Yeah, I like his his orc lists are uh the top like top level orc list for sure, and he's bringing them again. Blood axes. How many of you have been seeing blood axes lately? These are usually goths that you're seeing right now. Here we or go. Lights, you know Here that kind go. of stuff. It's uh, Mork Perry with the with the goths switch up to blood axes. He's got a battalion with two big mechs with shock attack guns. Oh, I haven't seen those in a little while. War boss and <laughs> mega armor. Three by ten Gretchen. Three by ten commandos. Nine mega knobs. He loves his mega knobs. Two battle wagons. Three death dreads. And then another patrol with another big mech with a shock attack gun. So a war boss on a war bike. Ten Gretchen and two by five burner boys. The burner boys we've been seeing a lot more of lately. Uh, yep. 
we've mentioned it before because flamers be coming back and orcs are like we got flamers yeah we got flamers we've had flamers this whole time you know what you know what's good with bliss Let's go five flamers. Yep. You know, auto hitting. Yeah. <laughs> auto hitting. It's good. <laughs> like I said, he loves his mega knobs. One big unit mega knobs. That's interesting. They uh, they can fit in the battle wagon. Yeah, I was about to say there's yeah. there's there's two battle wagons here, which gives him a lot of flexibility. Yeah, it's just scary if that uh, battle wagon goes down. Because, um, but when but when is it not? Like scary with the battle wagon. When you have, uh, when you put like a unit of boys or Gretchen or commandos or something in with them, so they can. Take well, sure, meaning, but but you're you are definitely telegraphing your opponent. You should shoot this first. You oh, will of course, shoot this first. absolutely, and, and that's what's going to happen. So you know, but sometimes they just don't kill it. So put everything yep. in there, do your thing. I am actually, I'm I'm more surprised by the three shock attack guns. What does a shock attack gun even do, and why are there three of them in this list? I don't even know what they do anymore. I know what they used to do when they were like taken everywhere. I'm not even sure what they do now, though. But they, they used to be the best gun in the York Codex, right? Like they were uh, devastating. Yes. I mean, like an edition and a half ago, that is for yeah. sure. Yeah, absolutely. We haven't seen them in forever, too. And why Blood Axes for that, too? Because they want to stay back and they want to get the benefit of the, uh, the, the cover? The Blood Axes get the cover, right? Yeah. They get the cover if you're outside of 12. Sure they do, but that's it. I I love the shock attack guns. I love the actual shooting ability that these, this is bringing to this list. And he's still got the two war bosses. One of them mega armor. One of them on a war bike. So the mega armor one would probably be with the mega knobs in the battle wagon because I'm pretty sure they're twenty capacity, and they're uh, obviously kind of double. I did say that we were going to be scratching our heads uh, with uh with the list that this gentleman normally brings, and then we also got some questions in the chat like, what is the warlord trade on the big big mech with the shock attack gun? We don't have that information. I don't have it. Adam didn't give it to us. Adam. Oh. <laughs> but no, that's very, it's very important. I mean, because honestly, you know, you look, you're trying to piece this together. It's like, what is this general thinking about uh, when they're putting this list together? Again, because we know that we're very familiar with the pilot and the fact that they're able to, I won't say manifest wins, to create these wins with these uh, unconventional lists. Mm-hmm. It's actually the, uh, pretty sure the Blood Axe is the one with the redeploy too, right? So those three by 10 commandos can be used very aggressively. And then if you don't want them to stay up there, if you don't go first, you can move them back or put them in a more safe place. So they can be hyper aggressive. And if you've seen Mark play, he likes to have the ability to go aggressive when he's ready. So if he wants yep. to go alpha strike on you, he can. And he can also threaten it. And then if he doesn't go first because he's Blood Axe, can just, ah, never mind. <laughs> yep. Uh, so yeah, let us know what is it. We need to know actual st- stats on a shock attack gun. I actually just tried to look for it real quick, but I don't want to slow the show down. So if anybody in the chat has the stats, uh, let us know why there might be three of them in this list. Yeah, it hits on fours with a 60 inch range. And I know what, uh, I'm pretty sure it's negative five, but yeah, I haven't seen it. But do you still have to roll randomly or something for it? Uh, for Yeah. I don't know. Let us know chat because we're genuinely curious for three of these things in there. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. But I think it's awesome. It so is. There we go. The three death threads are also great for, Either just keep them on the table if you want to soak some damage away from the battle wagons or reserve them so when they come in, they can do their big charge, do mortal wounds. Oh, they and, hit hard. I mean, you put all the saws hard. and stuff. I'm happy. Yep. I'm willing to bet those are kitted out for with every oh, yeah. possible option they could possibly with have. Every single claw they can basically, every single saw they can have. Yeah. That's that's, that's a big thing we're waiting for. That's my guess. Uh, so what's winning this thing? Ooh. Are Votan going to take it? A lot of Votan here. Um. Is this I their mean, time? Votan, I'm looking at the field. There's only one tier to... It's true. Uh, but what else the Votan normally... One Harlequin. Into? One Harlequin. 
Harlequins are starting to fall off, aren't they? They just, people are giving up on them. Two Tau. I mean, I'm talking, these are low numbers for even a 50-person tournament. Six Chaos Space Marines. Four T-Suns. And T-Suns are really rough for Votan. Yeah, when you say 4,000 Suns, what you mean is um, 40 Flamers in, in attendance in between. 40 us. Flamers and uh, 40 Scarab Occult Terminators in attendance. At least. <laughs> 1,000 Suns, your pick? Uh, you know what? Yeah, 1,000 Suns is my pick. All right. I'm going to go Chaos Space Marines if you don't make me pick the actual... Legion. If I don't make you pick Creations of Bile? Yeah. Well, Creations of Bile is solid. Uh, yeah. But even then, they've been... What ha- What is Creations of Bile really taken down? Well, that's another one that has suffered from the Votan curse of winning, like having a good per- win percentage, but not getting past that... Uh, it's incredibly win. strong, by the way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and if you're playing in a, in a event or a, or a meta where other... Assault armies are also prevalent. Then the creations of power are like twice as v- valuable as they as they were. If you're playing oh, against an there, we shoot. go. Tandieth, the War Majors has helped us out there. It is sixty inches heavy, heavy D six strengths two D six AP negative five D six damage. So yeah, it's the same the same profile almost. There's no moral. <laughs> Thank you, Tanya. But oh my god! So you got to roll a lot of D sixes to use this weapon. That's which <laughs> I think that's what you're uh, used to. Uh, Vic in the chat say LVO is, is going to be awesome. LVO is yeah, going to be is. awesome. We're yeah, going to be there. Yeah, uh, we are y'all in the chat? Who are, are y'all going to be there? Uh, let us know if you are. Uh, please come by and say hello. We may even do, this is no promises, logistics are a thing, right? We might even do a live Thursday Ooh. show from uh, the event if we can pull it off. If we can pull uh, it off. That will be <laughs> amazing. <laughs> It'd be cool to see the chat. You know, we're going to make it. Look, if we do this, we're gonna have the chat talking in in the uh, oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> in the stream as well. You know, from a in front of a live studio audience uh, is gonna be a blast. So if y'all are coming, let us know. We got to make some time to hang out and say what's up. Yeah, um, for sure, we will be there. So say is. hi to us if you're there, and say hi to us in chat if you're not. Uh, well, anyway, back where I say I was a creation of bile uh, is that in in a uh, a mealy very heavy environment they are even more awesome because they get to do their trick in a shooting heavy environment no one cares because who cares if you get to fight on death you're all the way on the other side of the table well that's the thing that's why bile that's why at least in my opinion why bile hasn't made that leap to the five and oh six and oh all the time is because they have really bad matchups at the heavy shooting armies Mm because if you're not if you don't need to trade into them it's rough yeah it's bile really really gets their value when you have to trade into them in order to compete with them. Like if you have to put close combat in them, you don't have enough guns to kill all of them. If you have enough guns to kill all of them and stay away from them, then half of what Bile does doesn't do anything. <laughs> but maybe this is their time. So maybe, maybe this is, it is. Bile's going to bring is. it down. Good luck to everybody in attendance uh, over the course of this weekend. And I'm glad we got to talk about that. I'm glad tournaments are picking back up. It's going to be, you know, our, a really interesting time as we lead into the next couple of weeks, getting to the, to the LVO. As I mentioned earlier in the show is the fact that there is not only normal tournaments out there that are just happening. We're going to cover the stuff, but some of these are p- folks specifically trying to get points for their factions. Their, um, the, their, their overall rankings, placing in certain regions, there's all kind of things to compete for mm-hmm. uh, that players are going to be participating in the tournaments leading up to this, or even just practice. You know, you even there's going to even be some some players out there that may try to conceal what they're actually bringing to the LVO, yeah. but want to still move models around, mm-hmm. so they're playing something different. We'll see if we can spot that. 
you don't want to miss these shows. Nobody does that <laughs> over the next couple of weeks. Now we're to a section of the show that we call the Fuego Repito, where we give ourselves two minutes to run down a series of topics. Oftentimes we have we've never seen these topics before. Uh, sometimes they have very, very little to do with Warhammer 40,000, if anything at all. Uh, but once those two minutes are over, the topic stops. Sometimes it stops, you know, when we have them already figured out or whatever. Yeah, move on. Solve it. Yeah. Yep. Solve. We invite solve production onto the show. Richard. Hello. Temporary Sticky. Yeah. Oh, hi. Oh, hello. Hey, hey, do you guys want to do one minute since there's only two of you? Does that make sense? Let's do one minute. Yeah. Let's live dangerously. Yeah. Woo. I also like to live dangerously. Oh, nice. <laughs> All right, here we go. What is your favorite 2022 Warhammer memory? Oh, that's a good one. The years still kind of blend together. I actually got to play. Uh, So I will say the thing that I think about uh, the most often as I was getting to play against um, uh, a friend on the FDN podcast, Red Powell, and he, we're playing. We decided to play a smaller point game. He's playing his Tanith. They look amazing. I'm playing Bull Angels, and we're playing. I think a, like a 1200 point game or whatever. And then he reminds me that the board is smaller. <laughs> 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 so I just apologized and then made a bunch of nine inch charges. You know, it was great. I had a great time. I had an amazing time. <laughs> I like it. That makes sense. That makes sense. Ten seconds, Justin. Uh, can't ever team tournament. It's always one of the best memories of every year. Man, this. Last year was no exception. I love that tournament. Team tournaments are the best, and the Can Hammer runs a great one. So, Wacko. man, nailed it, solved. Uh, one one minute's fast, eh? Ooh, it's fast. I don't have. I know. Time. I'd stalled. I'd, yeah. I'd, what is sucks. your 2022 Warhammer model of the year? Ooh. That this is it. You're looking at it. Actually, yeah, I called. Really? I voted for. Yes, this thing's amazing. Huh? Yeah. Right. I literally, actually, speaking of Can Hammer. When with my winnings from how well we did, I picked up an avatar of Cain. Yeah, Eldar, uh, Eldari avatar is what we're looking at on screen. Yeah. For oh yeah, sorry That's for those of you that don't see yeah, that. On the, the Eldari avatar of Cain, the new one. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, well is, deserved. Well deserved. It Give is, it the it flowers. Put a crown. Yeah. Whatever. Oh yay! Yeah. Speech, speech. He wants world uh, peace. No, what's does. an honorable mention though? What's even close? Mm. Uh, of 2022 was Abaddon? Did Abaddon come out that no, year? No, that no, was like way, way early or whatever. Really? No, no, yeah. uh, no. Um, Who am I thinking of? Bellacor. Bellacor. Yes, Bellacor. Wasn't it? No, he was? was the year before. Yeah, yeah. Bellacor's oh. model the year for the year before. Okay, well then, Avatar has no competition. Like I can't. <laughs> like, I can't think of anything else. There's, there's bound to be like a Necromunda or a Warcry figure. Oh, I guess sure that's amazing. True. You know, but, but it's this Warhammer model. So. Flago. Man, we we solved it a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, okay, what is your 2023 Warhammer resolution? Um, that's weird. Because um, I know I'm going to paint models. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm gonna do, I will say this, I'll do it right now. I'm going to rebase all my Katachin, which by the way, all my Astro Militarum, I don't care. You know, look, Katachin. I understand they're going to be Katachin, but I want I want actual, a more uh, recognizable jungle motif on their bases. And I have an idea of how to make them in a sustainable way, or like a repeatable way. Wow. Okay. Okay. I think for me, it's because my GSC are all painted, and I don't. I have no desire to redo two hundred guys right now. Uh, but there are some uh, old tiered models and monsters that I haven't finished that I want to go back and finish at some point that are, I, I probably won't use for years. But I just like the models so. I definitely want to finish those. Get your Red Death in there. 
I, it's funny. I do actually have the Red Terror, and I just bought him not too long ago. I found him, and then he's not a thing anymore. No, he's he's, he's dead. No, he's gone. No, he's not dead. Well, he's not he's, dead. He can't. He's no he can't longer die. with us. He he <laughs> ate he something. Some he, more bile mass. He, he, like, he, no, he just ate some bile, and now he's he's in the he's in the toilet. He's gonna oh, be sick. He'll be fine. Uh, what event are you most looking forward to in 2023? Oh, I, like so many. Yeah. I mean, right now it's LVO because that's the next one. And then it'll be Stutter Snarling. And then it'll be Barry Bash. <laughs> yeah, it'll be yeah. Canada. Like, there's, there's this, this actually, and this is speaking from uh, like a Canadian perspective, Canada events have taken off lately. Mm. And it is so exciting for us. There's so many to go to. I'm r- helping to run like four of them. I'm going to be competing as many as I can before I can't for a while. And it's just, yeah, it's going to be Man, exciting. I also mention it, Warhammerfest. Warhammerfest is going to be right? massive. Yep. That would be great, too. Uh, cannot wait for that. Very much looking forward uh, to that. Uh, you know, if there's another narrative event, going to want to be you're hitting that up. Again, there's so many good things. We are um, living in a great time for events. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited for these. I've, obviously, LVO, I'm stoked for, and yeah. Stutter Snotling, I'm, oh, I'm Warmer so Fest, I'm going to try to be there. Yeah. Uh, what order would you give to improve events and competitive scene in 2023? Like, fix bayonets! <laughs> <laughs> that one may change the... Uh, the Hard dice down! Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Or you get the sticks. It's hard to it's hard to get a single one. Oh, uh, look! It's it's actually I'm, I mean I'm not fading the question, whatever. It's really hard for me to even think of something that would improve because you know again the organizers out there are doing an amazing job yeah. creating fun times for players, and each one of these organizers has like an agenda, even if it is just us everybody have a good time and showcase the hobby in some way. So I mean it's tough for me to to say that. If I was going to say that though, is I mean I guess maybe you know. Make sure I, keep focus on time. Make sure everyone has equitable equitable yeah. time to play a game, and all tables have have the same rules. Playing consistently, mm-hmm. fire on my position. So get everybody in there. That's what we want. We want the competitive scene just keep growing. Nice. There you go. All right. Move, 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 move. Yes, there it is. Move, move, move. Solved. Uh, what new models are you most excited to see, or you want to see in twenty twenty three? Why is Azriel on there? I feel like because that's it's uh, Adam. This is oh, this is like, oh, Adam made this. Oh, put okay. the show together oh, before. Yeah, I, don't I didn't think it was Adam. <laughs> no, it's huh. not Adam. Maybe that's just no. a homage to Adam. Adam. Look, I appreciate the tip of the hat yeah. to, to Adam, Mr. Camilleri. I have this ain't two. this ain't my choice though. It's, 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 <laughs> one of them is really well painted too. The other one was not. <laughs> most model most excited to see. Oh, are you oh, that no, you want to see? Look, my answer is that. forever and always going to be, you know, uh, something Blood Angel related. So, you know, of course it is. There's one, there's yeah. one answer here, guys. I don't know. You keep no, there's not. No, yeah, no, no there's, not. there's one answer. No. Okay. Well, you're not going to believe my answer. So you go ahead. Angry, angry Ron, baby. No, oh, angry, see, that's who I was thinking originally, but I've already seen him now. Yeah, but you haven't touched him. You haven't felt his power. It, it, is doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't say what, what I'm most excited to touch. I don't even care if the, we ran it out of time. We're strong. I don't know if I want to touch Angron because he's going to love it. Tangus is Bionic Yarrick. Oh, Bionic Yarrick. Oh, okay. Yeah. On, on, on Angron's belt, you mean? Is that what she means? No. Yeah. That's it. We're done. Jeez. Oh, that's it. That's it. Oh, well, I, there we go. Look, we're, hey, Dustin, 
Yeah, uh, been a pleasure hanging out with you, Richard. Thanks a lot for putting together behind the scene. Adam Camilleri produced the show, uh, written the show, give us something to talk about, uh, highlight these events. Yes, see them all. Thank you, Rob. Okay, if you if if you are have some (laughs) tournaments coming that you're going to, and you you don't you don't think we're going to cover, don't think we know about it, uh, hit us up on social media. You can hit me on Twitter at Warmaster underscore TPM. um, Fights with Dice on Instagram. Uh, Dustin, how can folks find you? They can find me on Stutter Scrub Search anywhere, YouTube, Twitch, or where you listen to podcasts. You can listen to our podcast there. Watch us stream some live games. They'll be starting again Monday and Tuesday this coming week. We're going to have all kinds of content for you. And, of course, the Stutter Snotling is coming in just over a month. So sign up. We still have tickets left available for now. It's going to be a great event. Always was. I want to see you there. One of the I things, though, if you do send us some tournaments that you're going to be participating in or want us to cover, get your folks to make sure the factions get listed in there. That makes it so much easier. It gives us uh, some actual meat of what we can produce and bring the, uh, the cool and interesting show to analyze for everybody out there. Again, this is just, we're just talking about the meta. Y'all are actually being the meta. Uh, cool to see that it picking up again. Looking forward to see how this IDC season closes out. Look forward to the next one. We're going to be here each and every week bringing you this information, hanging out with y'all. Don't forget to leave us those five-star reviews. Like, share, subscribe. Thanks to everybody in the chat. We will see y'all next week. See ya.